The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. As usual, we look forward to what is going on, well, learning about what's going on in the Holy Land. Joining us now, as usual, Rolene Marks, our correspondent from Israel. Rolene, good afternoon. Always great to have you on board the show. Always great to chat you, and I'll miss you tomorrow, but I know that many of us will be consuming <laughs> calories for Shavuot, or as I like to think of it, it doesn't count on Chagim and Shabbat. Indeed, I just remembered now. Yes, so we're not talking to each other well, well as of today until next week because of Shabbat. But anyway, Roland, great to have you on board. Great to hear from you. Let's start with the Knesset passing the budget. Opposition slams it as the most destructive in Israel's history. Here we go again. Over to you. <laughs> Well, as we keep saying, never, ever, ever, mm-hmm. ever a dull moment in Israel. So uh, what everybody was waiting for was the crucial state budget to be passed. It passed with a vote of 64 to 56 yesterday. And the package for spending will be $131 billion for this year and $139 billion for next year. But, uh, of course, there were a lot of intense discussions reading to that argument around the allocation of this budget, where it's going. Mm-hmm. One of the great areas of controversy actually creating a lot of tension in the coalition was the allocation of funding to the ultra-Orthodox communities, uh, the uh, United Torah Judaism and the Prime Minister reached a uh, uh, an agreement early yesterday and then he had to tackle Ben Gavir and his um, Otzma Yehudi party. So what we know is that $68.5 million will go to Jewish religious students with a total of 1.3, uh, 1.37 billion allocated to the ultra-Orthodox uh, community. Now, there were many, many, many protesters outside the Knesset yesterday. They estimate that at about several thousand. Uh, and a lot of concerns that money is going to the ultra-Orthodox community and ignoring small children, uh, like early age division children. The opposition have called this budget the worst budget and the most destructive budget in the nation's history. Uh, Netanyahu actually praised the coalition for coming together and reaching an agreement. Um, he, he had to warn them over the weekend saying, you know, stop the nonsense and start governing. And uh, Betelel Smotrich, he is the finance minister, has said that the budget will provide stability and certainty to the economy. However, uh, no sooner had the budget passed than the shekel weakened against the dollar on the news that this budget had passed. So uh, not a lot of hope in where the allocations have been um, allocated, for mm-hmm. want of a better word, uh, and not a lot of confidence uh, from certainly the um, from the United States. And also back on the agenda is the judicial overhauls. The Prime Minister just a short while ago has released a video 
uh, to his various social media channels. He says, we will, of course, continue with our efforts to arrive at a broad consensus agreement to the extent possible on the issue of judicial reform. I believe with goodwill and real will, it's possible to come to agreements that will serve all citizens of Israel. Now, you know that the judicial overhaul has been shelved until after the budget has been passed. That has now happened, so it will go back on the agenda now. Earlier today, a uh, a Likud minister, uh, Miki Zohar, he is the Minister of Culture, said that if there is no broad-based consensus reached, they will pass the uh, uh, reforms unilaterally. Of course, we've been discussing at great length Mm -hmm. the divisions created by the judicial overhauls in their current draft. And uh, it's an absolute imperative that some kind of agreement is met because it has already created massive chasms, not only in Israeli society, but uh, in the Jewish diaspora community as well. We've had the Americans saying that they are conditioning normalization with the Saudis on possibly shelving permanently the uh, judicial overhauls and at least 60% of American jury have said they favor uh, cutting ties with Israel should these overhauls be passed in their current draft. Well, uh, Roland, let's just hope we're talking, we're talking a much positive story next week when we chat again. Let's just see what transpires until then. Roland, uh, next question uh, I want to put to you. Okay, so you've indicated that you are part of this. The World Zionist Congress votes on resolutions. There's an overwhelming vote against the overall. What's happening there? Or rather, what happened there? So, as many of you uh, heard about a month ago, I was at the World Zionist Congress with WITO as a part of that faction. We, do, we have voting rights at the Congress. The, uh, the World Zionist Congress is largely considered the parliament of the Jewish people. This is what Herzl founded in 1897 uh, in Basel, in, in Switzerland. And uh, the, the voting did not go ahead at the Congress, which was called the Extraordinary Congress, because it was the first time that we had come together since before the pandemic, and also because of its significant date, a week before the 75th anniversary of Israel's independence. Um, and when the resolutions were put forward to the vote at the Congress, they didn't go ahead. Uh, two of the more right-wing factions, Likud and World Mizrahi, put forward their, want of a better word, uh, their deal, their demand that voting be held individually. You don't even want to imagine the semantics of nearly 800 people with voting rights walking up one by one to vote on about 18 resolutions. So it was postponed till Sunday. We voted online and uh, were able to vote on the resolutions. However, it must be noted that the large majority of more liberal-leaning resolutions were those that were passed. So uh, passing um, 
was a resolution that says that the Zionist Congress believes that change in the state of Israel's judicial structure can only happen through broad public agreement as the outcome of true and open dialogue and as part of a process of healing social rifts across all of Israeli society. Now, if you were following procedures, you would have seen there were protests at the World Zionist Congress. When the votes didn't happen, it was absolute pandemonium. Other votes that went ahead was uh, a vote that said that we will not change the law of return in its current draft, nor will there be um, any changes to recognition of reform and conservative um, conversions. So uh, finally, after a month and after pandemonium and taking three days, everybody got their chance to vote. Interesting times, Rolin. Interesting moments, uh, interesting developments. Uh, as I mentioned earlier on when you spoke about the Knesset passing the budget, let's see how things transpire. Till the next time we chat. Let's end off on a feel-good note. And from Yulia to Rhinos, tell us about Israeli conservation efforts in this regard. What's going on here? Well, I think we all fell in love with Yulia, the monk seal, who sadly mm-hmm. has departed our shores. Maybe she'll come back. We hope she'll come back. <laughs> Uh, but what she brought with her was not just a tremendous amount of joy and unity uh, to a very, very fractious Israel at the moment, but she also highlighted Israeli conservation efforts when it comes to endangered species. Uh, This particular species, the monk seal, one of the most endangered in the world, apparently only 700 of these particular kinds of seals Left and uh, you know you, you could see by the way that she was treated in Israel that her safety and um, her uh, the integrity of what she was here to do, which was to shed her her coat, mm-hmm. was treated with the utmost respect. Of course, the Delphi's uh, Institute, which monitors and researches marine mammals, were monitoring her, working with a Turkish marine institute who had spotted her before, and uh, they were doing everything they could to record the sighting of a marine monk seal. But what is not known is how many conservation projects Israel actually works on. One of them is the Ramat Gan Safari Park and rhinos. As South Africans, we know that rhinos are uh, horribly poached uh, on um, their native soil, and several of them have been brought to Israel and have been able to breed successfully. About okay. 33 is, uh, rhino calves have successfully been uh, bred, albeit in captivity. But uh, these kinds of conservation efforts um, concerns this morning by Tel Aviv University that a virus may have seriously impacted coral reefs off a lot. Everything, we're going to do everything in our power to uh, to help there. But Israel very much wants to be seen as a country, not just at the forefront of other technologies, but in environmental technology and conservation efforts as well. Who would have thunk it? Indeed, Rolene. Great to finish off on a feel-good story as usual. Roland, wishing you a blessed Shavuot celebration. Roland Marks, our correspondent from Israel, giving us the lowdown on what's happening in the Holy Land right now. Looking forward to our updates next week when we meet again on Monday. So that's what's happening in the Holy Land right now.